Hi, all, and welcome back to Damon Aldehel. I'm Kelly Gibson, and it's a nice week here in Washington, D.C. It's pretty nice out. And I'm Tracy Dietz, and I'm still not swearing, which kind of <laughs> sucks. But I had an awesome parenting moment this week in that I re-pierced my child's ear. I think that's so weird that that's so like an awesome. awesome parenting moment. It was. It was because for two weeks, like, it had been a, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? I can't get the earring back. She's, like, super upset because she can't get her earring in. It, her ear is kind of gross. I keep cleaning it. And... She's like, what are we going to do? Or are they just going to have to go back and re-pierce it? I'm like, you know what? We can numb it up with some ice and I can take care of it. And she's like, oh. So for like three days, we were back and forth. She's like, can we try tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, we don't have to do it today. And so yesterday, she's like, let's do it. And then I did it. And it was awesome. And I got it through. And then I started crying (laughs) because it was just very emotional. And then she started crying. And I'm like, you said it didn't hurt. Why are you crying? She's like, because you're crying. And we were all crying. Oh, the contagious lady cries is a real thing. I, I, I cry. I sometimes watch The Voice, and basically every time a mom backstage cries when one of the kids is chosen, You're I done. cry. I cry You're every out. time. And Caleb's like, are you crying again? I'm like, the mom's <laughs> crying because the kid's living their dream every time. It's a real thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good also, for you. Um, remember, if you love us or hate us, give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And remember, you go to your app. You choose Damon all to hell. You scroll all the way down to that page at the bottom of the episode so you can review us there. And actually, Trace, you see you got a good one. Yay! You got such a good one. Somebody, and it's titled, I love Tracy. All right. Can somebody <laughs> else love me? I need more yeah. love. I need a lot of love. So it's been a rough couple weeks. Find us anyway, there. It's good. All right, Tracy. Let's so get we're us gonna, started, sister. We're going to kick it off. I don't know how many of you guys watched. Sorry, you friends. There you Can't go. say guys. So it's hard. It's, it's hard, hard to remember. It's hard to. God, I got to not say guys. I got to not swear. <laughs> There's a lot going on over Lent. And we are drinking today, so that gets a little drinking. complicated. Um, so if you haven't seen Out for Blood, The Inventor. On HBO. HBO mm-hmm. with uh, Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Crazy documentary. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Elizabeth Holmes was a 19-year-old freshman at Stanford, dropped out, launched a company that with a small drop of capillary blood, which is basically blood from your fingertip, you would be able to test for, I don't know, upwards of 200 or some odd diseases that you may or may not have. Um, It was revolutionary. She raised tons and tons, millions and millions of dollars. And then we all found out it was a fraud and nothing they had actually worked. They were using technology and products that were already on the market. Uh, she She's a little odd. I mean, she dressed just like Steve Jobs. She lowered her voice. Um, Does which, that mean she did the things she thought people needed to see in her to possibly. give her all that money? I have no idea. It yeah. seemed very odd. Her voice was very bizarre in, in this But there have been studies that people believe a man's voice more than a woman's voice. Possibly. So if you try well, to- I will tell you right now that everybody believed this woman, regardless of her voice. Um, she was able to raise millions of dollars for and got people on the board like Henry Kissinger, Secretary Mattis. Uh, Hillary Clinton was a big fan, had come toward her facility. Um, and it was all fake. Fake. So this leads to a larger conversation, right, about women in feminism. Right. So the, the, this one particular article was talking about the toxic lady boss, which I have a terrible, I don't like the term lady boss. Like, why can't we just be a boss? What is it? Why we got a gender? I mean, my answer was because if just boss is not kitschy, right? Lady boss, it's like a thing. It's like now that there's more women bosses than ever. So you got to like give them a kitschy name. Why? But you're just a boss. It's true. Unless you're what? Unless you're a Why lady Why you got to be gender specific on this? So, like, you don't want to be gender fi- gen- You don't want to have gender labels, but you do here. 
Well, not want to. So this is like the creation and ascent of the lady boss thing is not just gendered, right? It's also personality. It's decisions you make. The lean-in part of it comes from Sheryl Sandberg, current CEO, COO of Facebook, who wrote an article, wrote a book, like a long yeah. time ago at this point, like Cup. seven years, five to seven years uh, ago. Probably. I think it was old. a while ago. Um, where she basically said like, hey, women executives out there in the world, don't make it so fucking complicated, right? Like a s- rules exist and just use them to your advantage. Lean in with your femininity to make it work for you. That was sort of the premise of her theory, right? If men expect you to act a certain way, act that way and then turn it around back on them, right? Lean into your physical attractiveness. Lean into your your sort of instinct Use to every be collaborative. Asset you have. Lean in. Like don't don't try to do what the men do. Do what you do and then figure out a way to use it more. Which people had a lot of you either loved it or hated it at the time I remember. And People, and I think that that's sort of what, when Tracy first started talking to me about this woman, Holmes, that she did that so well. Oh, she crushed she, it. She, yeah, that she did. At 20. I mean, she was 20 yeah, that when she, she launched this really, company. She leaned in because she was attractive. She was young. She was at a really fancy university. She's she extremely was, smart. She had innovative thinking, even if it didn't have follow through, in a way that she used all that to really dupe. Uh, lots and lots of very wealthy people. Right. So I think in the beginning, she was trying to build something that she, I mean, she had this vision of what she wanted to build. But as she, as things went, people in the medical community were like, you can't do these tests with capillary blood. This is not possible. And she's like, no, it is. And so she just kept going with it. And, 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 and from what it said, it was said that she, when she was questioned about her product, in interviews, she turned it around and said, oh, they're just questioning it because I'm a young woman. If I was a man, they wouldn't question it. So she, that was sort of the lean-in approach. Well, but she also said that they're questioning it because they want to know my trade secrets. So that became a whole big thing. So when the Wall Street Journal, the the, the guy went in to, um, to start questioning about what's really going on here, yeah. they had uh, the grandson of one of the investors had worked there and quit because he saw, he realized, he realized this, yeah. is, this is going to be a disaster. And he talked to the Wall Street Journal. And that's when they really started pushing her on what's really happening. What do you have? What is the product? Like, when is it going to market? When are you going to be able to actually release this? And, you know, how are you doing this? Like, what are the machines that you've built? And yeah. she just kept saying, you're asking for trade secrets. I'm not giving you trade secrets. But I think the interesting, right, so there's like two conversations to be had about this as an example, right? There is the the part that I feel like you're talking about more, which is she was lying about a thing and was trying to give herself as much time to lie about a thing until she could figure out how to make it real. The other thing that the the article explores and what's sort of more interesting for our podcast is if there was different treatment or if she leaned in, quote unquote, leaned in because of her gender and her age and her attractiveness in order to cover up the fact that she didn't know what she was doing. Or in the end that she realized that she right. didn't actually it deliver what she so, promised. So I don't think that her gender hurt her in any in any way correct in, in fact the opposite right she absolutely in. yeah and and for her to say you wouldn't ask these questions if i was a young man mm-hmm. i think are ridiculous because if you watch this right but if you didn't questions need to be yeah. she was she was right. using that to her advantage you're coming right you're responding because you have the full picture having watched the yeah, documentary true. but this is trying to explore this one piece of it which right. is did she 
did she decide to sort of lead this effort, run this company in a particular way because of her gender, age, and attractiveness and intelligence? I mean, she was at a good school, right? And, and as a result, had had access to networks that you wouldn't have otherwise. Correct. And what is what does that say about either capitalizing in a way? Right? You've we've all been dealt a card, dealt our hand of cards. All the women in the world that are in executive positions, and how do you instead well, of fold, everybody's been dealt, dealt cards. I'm, I'm talking specifically right. about our our hand, right? You don't fold; you use the best cards you got. Right. Which uh, we'll talk later in the show about a recent study about the reality of a being attractive person being an unattractive person in in the professional world. But and so she had those, and she sort of cheated the house. I'm really, really leading into the card metaphor right now. I I don't know if I've lost us all in the card metaphor, but she used everything she had to get where she was. Yeah. And she did it. She did it very well. This one particular article, though, was talking more about how does this actually hurt women in the long term? So not just her, but like that kind of workplace existence. I think that this is so this is such a bizarre Right, situation. take Thernos out of it. Right. I, I I mean, I don't think that people are going to watch this and be like, well, women are just going to fake it. Like, I, I don't think that. I mean, I think this is a one. I mean, if anything, I actually think it helps women, <laughs> quite frankly. Like, just because you're right, like it's an just evil like mastermind woman, so much that she, I can... mean, I just think like she, she had a vision, even though it's ended poorly. She had a vision. She went out. She built a company that has to be inspiring to other women. Like there, there must be women that go, wow, she did that. I could go do something right. Right. So it's, and so it's I could go do it in a way that isn't that, illegal or committing fraud. Yeah. And hopefully not spending let's the hope. rest of my but, life Yeah. In let's jail. hope people's honest. This woman is going to spend the rest of her life in prison. Yeah. Well, maybe so. she should. But this, so it's a Rolling Stone article, which is which is an unlikely sort of source for where we get our information. So it has an interesting take on it. And I'm just going to read you a little bit of the article. Um, it says, since lean-in feminism entered the popular zeitgeist, it has been given rise to a cottage industry of rah-rah girl power messaging. And l- believe me, I am a big fan of rah-rah girl power messaging, all of which promotes the message that women can do and be and achieve anything, provided the system is already stacked in your favor to begin with. And then gives examples of Ivanka's Trump, Ivanka Trump's Women Who Work. There's a Netflix series called Girl Boss, which is really cute but ridiculous. Then there's a self-help book that's really popular right now Rachel Hollis's girl wash your face and so there's all these things and it's saying that if the system is already stacked in your favor which in the case of Thernos and Holmes would be that she was at Stanford she was young she was attractive and she could use all that to her advantage then she could be successful but what is it is it are we being led down the wrong path to is it is it okay to sort of swim with like go with the tide and say I'm this person, even though I'm a woman, I have this at my, at my sort of, uh, fingertips. This is all available to me. So I'm just going to go with it, which is the case of like Ivanka Trump, obviously. And so I think Ivanka is very different than, than this particular woman. Like she did not come from a wealthy family. Ivanka Trump? No, no, no. Elizabeth Holmes. (laughs) I thought you meant Ivanka Trump. Um, Yeah. No, no, no. I don't think it's just that she was at Stanford. So like she had access. Sure. But she's a freshman. Sure. Access. Sure. I mean, to say that you're yes, not getting that from like Johnson strong. County Community College. No, but you could get that from any other major university. Right. Well, like you could at Lehigh University where I went to, I would have a different network than Stanford, especially for innovative technology products like a magical blood cure. Sure. 
I don't. I mean, I just to say that she had like I don't know. I to say that everything was perfectly stacked, stacked for in her, her favor is different. But to compare her to Ivanka Trump or uh, who is the the billionaire chick, Kylie Jenner? Oh, like they're not the same. <laughs> like they they those. They are not to me. Those are not the same. I guess the question is: Can anybody lean in, or do you have to be a, come from a place of privilege to lean in? Do you have so, you have to have something to lean into? I don't think you have to come from a place of privilege. I think it's helpful and probably easier. I don't think in my business I could lean in. I left home at twenty two with no money. Yeah, you do not lean in. That is not what you do. I lean in. You push back. What? Absolutely. I totally, you don't think I use everything I have? No, you don't I think, think I you use do. every asset I that I have to do, my advantage? I think you do, but you have been telling men to fuck off since the first time you sat in a conference room. Oh, that's not true. We talked about this on one of the episodes. I don't always tell him to F off. I know you don't, but Sometimes you don't. Sometimes I tolerate behavior even though I don't have to because I don't want to upset the thing. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. But I would say that you are more likely I definitely to, leaned in in my 20s. Yeah. You know, I made $25,000 a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think that... Working for a the lobbying I guess, and, and the larger... The larger... We make it $25,000 as a lobbyist isn't, you know... I'm sorry about that. Because oh, there's was, more money right, I, I, That's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, I was like the low <laughs> man guy. on the top. Yeah. Um, low lady. This article begs the question, does leaning in help or hurt the movement? The women's movement, the feminist movement. And I think Dwight Hiram Tracing saying, specifically when it's about Thernos, this blood thing, is that it, it's not hurting, in your opinion, it's not hurting women's oh, ascent to power. I think we do because everything it's so we random. can to get, I think we do everything we can to be successful for ourselves. Right. And that's where I sort of, my progressive, um, my need to be progressive bucks against at right. doing anything you can for yourselves. It's like if I it, I take one step forward in the success department and I think to myself, who did I bring along with me? And oh. like I'm always trying to think about like I was I just at a lunch and, you know, pitching an idea. And the, the woman who I was at lunch said, right, what we really need to worry about is how, what are we doing about the pipeline? Why are there more young women in this industry? Why are there not more young women of color? Like, what? how do we do that? So I think that there is something about... Can you lean in alongside other women? I don't know. Absolutely. It's an exploration. I think you absolutely can. I think we do it all the time. We're going to do it at the polys, that's for sure. Oh, my God. There's so many women. <laughs> that Like the ratio of women to men speakers. I know. It's good. It's, it's, it's dramatic. Good. And uh, at one point, even in the Republican caucus sessions, it was... More women was, than men? Was, oh, yeah. Nice. All right. We we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. So every week, we... Google sexism. And for those of you that have ever used Google, you realize you can pick from a, sec- a series of categories, web, images, news being one of them. We hit that button. So here we go. The button, the button, the sexism button. Tracy Dietz has a lot of thoughts about this week's button. <laughs> I love so when Tracy Dietz has thoughts. It's such like a refreshing... Her thoughts are so unpredictable. So, Shut Tracy, up. tell us about this. So, the, so the article was, is, is sexism in medicine driving women to dangerous natural cures? Now, first, I love natural cures, by the way. I, I, I like things all that, sorts. I just bought a whole bunch of CBD oil from my local co-op because so, I'm pretty sure that's going to fix my life. Uh, so I, 
I am not anti CBD oil, but I'm also a fan also of pro light again. <laughs> I am also a thing, fan of things that are approved by the FDA. Like, don't you want? I would. I want oh, my things. No. Things I put in my body. I like. I put collagen them. in my coffee. I yeah, all the things. Collagen. Yeah, you re- can buy collagen. Yeah, powdered collagen helps with your skin and your nails and your joints and my gut lining. So good. As your I'm drinking a pint wine. of red wine. So clearly. It's red wine is good for your digestive system. Mm-hmm. I'm, I thought I'm, it was good again, for our heart. I'm just going to go back to I'm skinnier when I drink red wine. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I threw you off course. Go for it. All right. So is sexism in medicine driving women to dangerous natural cures? Because the whole point of the article is when we go to the doctor, they don't listen to us because we're hysterical. <laughs> you think <laughs> you're paraphrasing. She's paraphrasing everybody. That is I mean, not what the article said. It... it <laughs> It does. It says it's hysterical women. It's a blog. <laughs> but anyway, so we're all hysterical. So uh, and we're we're overreacting to our pain. And and so women are going to try out these natural things, which brought up the whole concept of vaginal steaming. I know that's really the article's about more than just vaginal I steaming. Know, but Tracy was thrown way off course like, when she got to that point. Why would you set over a hot pot of water and steam your vagina? Which it's also proven to not necessarily be good for you. What does it say we do it for? You put, well, it helps with menstrual cramps. It flushes out, helps with the uterine thingy. <laughs> like, I don't, with uterine cramps, thingies. PMS. Yeah. It could also help with. It also sounds warm. I like I warm I things. Just, it, it, but it's problematic because if you've got fibroids, it can cause bacterial and fungal infections because you shouldn't shoot steam into your vagina. Of course, she had to bring guns into it. <laughs> 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 Always Republican. No, I think that of all the natural cures, I think steam is something we should not worry that much about. But I do think in the era of like goop, I mean, have you ever gone on the Goop website? That shit is so tempting. There are times. No, there I are, watch SNL. You should go I, there, though. No, you would buy everything. I'm not. They're beautifully, beautifully designed little packets of natural supplements that do things like make your skin shinier, lose all your water weight, make you sleep better, take your stress down, make you nicer person. I'm none like, I should buy actually, all of those. None of that actually does any of that. Right, and you should I'm, watch the SNL skit where they come in and talk about Goop, where they I'm actually can't talk about it. I can't be it's awake. A, you got to. You got to just yeah, tape it. There's a thing called a DVR where you can actually record things and watch things in normal time with so, like grown up people. So Tracy and I disagree on one sort of like fundamental thing around this topic, which is I do think that because because women think perhaps their bodies are comp- more complicated than men's bodies. My body is not complicated. Then there are. I have like always something that's feeling just a little off in my body that I don't think is worth talking to a doctor about. I think I would. I think I I think I fit into the category of either being too, um, I don't know, too passive or too scared of wasting people's time to like take a problem to a doctor in, and then it just being turned out that I'm like a stressful, stressed out woman who's premenstrual and I haven't had enough sleep. Like there's so many things that could I feel, feel like off if something that I don't is, get. I think con- if something is bothering you to the point to mm-hmm. where you're concerned about it, you go to a doctor. Right, and I'm saying I don't think I'd do that. Right, so you should. Yeah. You should stop. Yeah. You should do that right now. I did get to a point where I was cold all the time and exhausted all the time, even sleeping a lot. So I went to the doctor. And they found out and you were they, anemic. Kind of, but also they, t- they realized that I needed to see a therapist. That like I was having physical... Physical oh, of symptoms of 
yeah, of mental problems of and like not being able to. And yeah, it was great. It worked out perfect. perfect. So yeah. And my therapist taught me how to meditate in place. So like if I am having a moment to like breathe and like that takes it all down and I have a shit digestive system and I'm a crap sleep, like all that sort of stuff just yeah. sort of like gets wrapped up. So I have been very fortunate in that I've had amazing doctors and anytime I have gone in. So I had... It wasn't really a rash. I had these little bumps, and I had like seven of them on my body, and they look like bug bites, but they were not bug bites. This was like hives? four years ago. Were they hives? It wasn't hives. Dermatologists, like their bug bites, slapped this cortisone on it. I'm like, you are not. Good so I went, job. right, yeah. he was terrible. So I went to uh, my primary care physician. And she couldn't see me, so her resident saw me. And her resident was a guy, mm -hmm. was like, we've got to get this figured out for you. He gave me a bunch of different stuff. He's like, honestly, he's like, it could be viral. It was very itchy. I feel like I remember this. Did I know you then? Prob uh, I don't think so, oh. actually. This was like five years ago. Okay. So it sounds gross. Again, like you wouldn't even have noticed the yeah. little bumps. Like, I mean, you couldn't even, yeah. I mean, they were like little zits, but they would itch like crazy. Yeah. And it was not... Parasites, or and I mean, it was it was literally viral and went away in six months with medicine. No, it oh, just, it's viral, oh, gotcha. so it just goes yeah. away and on. Yeah. One of my other neighbors had ha like had we we joked about calling it like the flesh eating bacteria. Anyway, my point in telling you this hysterical. is that my doctor like tried a hundred different things. Yeah. he's like, we need to figure this out for you. Like yeah. he was going out of his way to figure out. This Although thing. I do believe in like I. I had a midwife for both of my kids. I didn't, I wanted to have natural birth. I, oh I have a natural path. I do drug? acupuncture. No, I ended up having two C-sections, oh, but so the plan was not to have drugs, but oh. you know, you make plans and God laughs. You're but awesome. I think that there is like, there's an apothecary in the town that I live. Like there is, it's, I believe in like the power of natural things to avoid. I don't think people should just be taking pharmaceuticals all the time. I don't think you should run to the doctor for everything either. So I, it, you know, it's a complicated thin gray line, I believe. I'm torn. My bigger thing is I, I don't trust things that aren't approved by the FDA. And, and I remember right, like I natural took, things are not right. So like yeah. olive leaf extract, there's all these natural things yeah. that have not been approved by the FDA that you don't really know what they do to your body. Like St. John's wort, which caused paralysis in a woman like 25 years ago, she took it all the time. There's a lot of this natural stuff that destroys your liver. We should have a natural path on the show. We should totally do that. Because I'm I just think saying, I get nervous with the natural stuff because it can cause damage to your liver and kidneys. I mean, this article also points out, like, back to, like, the mission of Dame It All to Hell, the gender bias in everything, right? There's a, in, this is a, it says that there's a clear gender bias when it comes to medical research. In 2016, for example, there were five times more studies on erectile dysfunction than premenstrual syndrome. Yet PMS affects 90% of women compared to only 19% of men's suffering from ED. Now, the real, real reason is that erectile dysfunction is cured by a pharmaceutical, and pharmaceuticals tend to make a lot of money, so they have a lot of studies on it. And there's not a pill, really, for PMS, because PMS presents differently in every woman. Right, but if you go on the birth control pill, like that actually yeah, but then you're putting help. Right, but then you're putting hormones in your body if you don't need hormones. Like my husband had a vasectomy, so why even if I get cramps, why would I be putting more hormones in my body if that manifests in other problems? Yep, even I, if it, so, you know, it's like that stuff is should be studied. It's just nobody plan stands to make a whole bunch of money off of it. Right. So it's kind of fucked up. I got my uterus burned off, and that was <laughs> awesome. Just <laughs> FYI, if you're thinking about yeah. my doctor was like right Just on FYI. it. FYI, she's yeah. like, 
You don't want to take pills. That's good. We can burn this off. It'll be the greatest thing that ever happened to you, which is true. So I know you're all really excited to hear about Tracy's uterus, but we're going to take a quick break and come back with a little conversation about clothing. That'll be fun. Tracy and I disagree. So most places we work, even here in Washington, D.C., like casual professional attire is appropriate much of the time. But the place that it it has not been sort of to date um, appropriate is Wall Street. And my girl Casey Brown sent me this article thinking it might be interesting to talk about. And turns out I think it will be interesting because Tracy and I have already disagreed before we started recording this episode about relaxed dress code. Is it better for men than women? So this this is Morgan Stanley, I think. Let me just Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Who, is it better for men than women? Yeah. We have so many options. Right, which oh, makes it sorry. which makes it more of a trap for us. I'm already being a jerk. So Goldman Sachs uh, recently announced that it's a f- announced officially that they're going to have a firm, wide, flexible dress code, and part of it is because it's flexible dress is sort of appropriate in so many other places. So why wouldn't they just do it? And the other thing is a lot of sort of West Coast professionals are coming east, and California dress is different than New York dress, and should we all just sort of get on sort of get on board with that get on the train so one of the goldman sachs bankers said in gq that all the men are psyched about it and a lot of the women feel that it's a trap a little bit a trap because they have so many choices so here we go one of the women interviewed said we've just achieved the parody of the pantsuit and suddenly we're told the standard pantsuit is no longer standard workforce attire women will need to find another way to achieve parody in attire at business casual or some other lower level of formality i'm assuming men were also just told that they are no longer wearing suits yes so So this is what this is this was the exercise that i wanted to run through with tracy so for men casual what did they call it uh firm wide uh flexible dress flexible dress for men flexible dress in the workplace means maybe five or six different inputs right it's like a button down and then is it a solid or a pattern and then what goes on top of it is it a blazer or no blazer or sweater right it's not t-shirts for men it's not sweatshirts that's not that's not work clothes. No. And then on the bottom is is it pleats or no pleats? It's like khakis and what color is your khaki? Or dressy or is it jeans. Wool? Yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know if jeans are cool, but let's throw it in the mix. Yeah. That's sort of the entirety of the choices. The shoe, it's like it's not a sneaker and it's not a dress shoe. It's like some version of in between that. Right? For women, it's pants or skirts or dresses. Is it tight pants or wide pants? Is it short pants or long pants? Is it is but it they had the exact same options in suits. Do they have trouser suits? Do they wear a sleeveless shirt with their suit? Do they wear a turtleneck? Do they wear a short sleeve suit? But there was always a blazer on top. It's sure, a suit. but they still had options on what they wore underneath. Do they right. wear a long sleeve? But do in flexible dress, you don't have to wear the blazer over top. So then it's like, do I wear a V-neck, a U-neck? Do is it is it a strapless? Is it a long sleeve? Is okay, it a short sleeve? One, is it tight? Never, is it loose? Is never it never effing wear a strapless to I do. work. I do oh in the summertime. Oh. No, not strapless. No, not strapless. Uh, like a uh, wide, stri- like a tank top. Yeah, not strapless. A tank top? Like a dress tank top, like that has wider straps, but it's like made of a silk or like a real. Okay, so that's more of a sleeveless blouse. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So you can and wear then... that in standard, standard n- professional suit stuff too. No, you'd wear a blazer on top of it. 
Okay. But you'd take your blazer off when you got hot. I don't think so. I mean, I think that's the thing that there was a, what they're saying is there was like a dress code for the, where women could not match the men, but that there, that what you were wearing did not reduce. You could the, also wear a the skirt with your you. suit. Yeah. With the heel size. I think this is just, uh, honestly, like, I think this is a little bit of complaining. Like, you had lots of options with your suits. You could wear I don't a think you have as many options a with a suit as you do with anything you want to wear in your closet. If you think you have just your as heel- many options no, okay. in your, with a suit, with a single, like, a categorical thing versus everything else. But the difference really is only the type of pants that you're wearing. You could wear a skirt. You could wear heels. You could wear a lower cut heel. You could wear a higher cut heel with a suit. You could do a lot of different things in a suit. So the the moral of the, the reason it's the reason that it's such a big deal is because women are judged about their intelligence and their ability to do their job more on how they look than a man. That might be true, but quite frankly, everybody is judged on how they're dressed, which has Period. played out in this article. So it went into um, it went into a conversation about how people are judged and how does that play out in their pay. Um, a woman named Jacqueline Wong, who researches the intersection of gender and professional life, co-published a study in 2016 looking at the differences in how men and women are rewarded for attractiveness in the workplace. She found attractive men and women make roughly 20% more than their less attractive coworkers. But that has less to do with what they're wearing than how attractive they are. Wait for it. Okay. Even so, they were measured by different standards. For women, perceived attractiveness was based on grooming, like hairstyle, makeup, fitness, and clothing. They are Nobody rewarded. likes a rough woman. They are rewarded, so Wong said, what... for looking the part. For men, grooming counts far less. If attractive, they tend to be rewarded whether or not... They're well groomed. So for women, it's based, but women's based on their clothing. So what you what you said before? No, no, it said grooming. Grooming, grooming, grooming like hairstyle, makeup, fitness, and clothing. Those were the examples right here. So they want us to be skinny. They want our hair done, and they want to make up on us. And what does what do you not understand about the word clothing, Tracy? Clothing too, but they said the same thing about the guys, right? No, if attractive, they tend to be rewarded whether they're well groomed or not. In the groomed, they're including clothing in the groom in the grooming. That's so they can how show this up is. in a t-shirt and... Yes. So what they choose is they are not sort of penalized on their, in their paycheck based on the, the clothing they choose to wear, but women are. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, fuck you. That is like the most <laughs> generic fucking thing to say, right? I just don't understand I dress for the job I want, not the job I have, and the job I have, but you and I dress completely differently. And you said before, I, I said... I don't understand I'm why sure it's such a big level... deal to not dress... I mean, I feel like this is, like, just dress professional. What we, does that mean? I, I don't know. I don't dress like you're going to a nightclub. So you said... I will tell you, don't dress room, like what I saw at the Capitol Hill Club like three weeks ago. <laughs> right. Don't dress like Everybody, that. So the standards of like, don't let your ass hang out and don't let your tits show is one thing. But I've been at plenty of meetings where there is a some sort of underneath thing and a blazer and there is cleavage. I mean, I don't even have cleavage to do that with, but definitely women show their cleavage in a professional capacity, regardless of their partisanship, by the way. So I have, this article I have goes on to say, that. we know that appearance matters for women and people of color in being seen as competent and worthy of respect. It becomes this difficult position. Do I want to dress down because I don't want to be seen as this kind of stiff and unfun person? Or do I want to continue dressing up because that's the only way people will treat me with respect? 
I know Tracy's like so over this. She just, just this is where Tracy like gets super super black and white. Uh, yeah, I mean, just it's dress not black professional. and white. Like, don't let listen your boobs. I don't need to see your boobs and ass in a boardroom. That I don't need to see that. Like, and and if you're going out to a reception or some nighttime event, the rules are different. I and and I don't. I didn't make the rules, but these are my rules. They're your rules. That's the that's the most important thing you've said all fucking episode. They're, They're my your rules. rules. They but are every, my rules. But everybody has their own rules, and subjectivity comes in with and if, when there is. But a I suit, feel like when, my rules fit in more with. That with, is such fucking bullshit. The world does not revolve around you, my friend. No, but I I think I've done okay. You have, but so have I, and I dress completely differently than you. Right, but you never have your stuff hanging out. No, because I, I don't have anything to hang out, but I wear short th- short things. I got legs for days. A lot of the skirts that go to your knees come way up on my thighs. In meetings? I mean, at conferences and stuff. Like at night, in the evening. I don't know. It's different. There's but a I difference. do think... There's I, a difference in things that are occurring in the evening and things that are To take this conversation day. back to where it started, if professional attire is what is mandated that is clear cut and that makes an equal playing field for all of these other potentially sort of opportunities to penalize women for shit that's not in their work product or coming out of their brains but as soon as flex dress code comes into play it's a diff- you have to approach it a different way. It said in the article that there were some women, older women, that would go c- get catalogs and go through them with the younger women to be like, do you wear this? You're cool. If you wear this, I don't know. Somebody's going to not listen to what you're saying. They're going to think about what you're wearing. So I just don't think it's quite as clear cut as you're making it out to be. I, I feel Deeds. like if this, like this right here is why we're not ruling the world because of crap like this. Oh, that all, is such a fucking, that is, that is a ridiculous out. thing to fucking we're say. We're freaked out about like what we're going to wear. Just dress professional. We're not, not freaked that out. We're being, we're being penalized for what we wear. We're not freaked out about it. We're being then, penalized. If you're being penalized, you got to come up with a plan for that. You're being penalized for dressing professionally casually. You're being penalized if you don't dress professionally casually the way somebody wants you to without any rules to that game welcome to the world like welcome to the real world i i don't i mean i oh you're leaning into the rules Aww. these people are trying to push back against them Aww, okay you do so how the how's that working out for them well it hasn't started just started yet we'll right it sounds like they're being penalized for pushing back like well just that's dress not, that's everywhere that's you know everywhere what? don't show up in a strapless top to a meeting and expect yeah. to be i feel like you're taking the most the widest examples and not the real life I just examples. Feel like Nobody comes in a strapless top. It's slightly ridiculous. You're slightly ridiculous. I love you. You're my favorite person <laughs> Who, on the planet. The, there is a new position available that Tracy Dietz is co-host and Damon all to hell. If there's any Democrats out there that want this job, it's all oh, yours. God, is that was it? Is it over? It's Are over. we done? You wrap Good us up, Tracy. God. Thanks so much for listening. Keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Damon All. You know you want to send in a review on this one and telling them everyone you're on Team Kelly. Shut up. You love Tracy. You love Tracy. <laughs> okay, friends. See you next week. <laughs> 